Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan. We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you. We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics. Come join the conversation now. Setbacks and failures. What do you do when you hit a lot of opposition and setbacks at the same time? Well, we're going to talk about it today. Also, our guest is founder of Adventure Challenge, which is an adventure company with scratch-offs for couples, families, and more. Bryant Ellis. He's a writer, a podcast host, entrepreneur, recipient of Forbes 30 Under 30 show, all on today's show. Bob, but it starts out with you and I. We're talking about setbacks. And what does it look like when you face obstacles or even failures in your business and your career? How do you overcome that? How do you come back from that? Well, I think setbacks and failures are part of our career, part of businesses, part of our lives. And so the notion of coming back from it um, is overrated. It's just part of the process. Oh, I love that you said that. It's so true. and, And so I've been through so many setbacks and failures. And Sean, you and I talk about this all the time, about having people in our lives not being isolated so that when setback and failure when 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 we we don't get isolated when it comes we have people to reach out to and yeah. ask advice and get prayer for well i think like people don't realize when they're in the thick of it unless you've been through a couple once you've seasoned and you're more mature you realize what comes up will come down what goes down will come up at some point you know mm-hmm. especially if you're following god God doesn't always take away the potential failures or setbacks or sometimes we're, you know, we're in a recession right now. Sometimes some of us are experiencing the pain of the recession in the midst of what we're going through. That could be the setback, but God gives us solutions and ways through it. And also we learn about him and the world around us and we get different opportunities because we, because we're online with him, we're connected to him. And I think that's the difference for us and everybody else in the world is that we have this father who has our best interests at stake in his heart. And he'll never leave us in a failure. He'll never leave us in a setback. But he's always working for us. I mean, I love the thought. And this could be on a poster. It's not how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get back up. Yeah. And, and what, that, what that means to me is resilience, grit, and determination. If something, if something is, if, if you have a vision for something, then more than likely it's going to be hard and you're going to uh you're going to have setbacks and and to the strong man who stumbles it's about getting back up and uh, and i and i think i i love the scripture about not despising small beginnings we all know yeah, that scripture sure. but the very next scripture says for god loves when we start and and mm-hmm. i think and I think setbacks are starting again and starting yeah. again. And God says that he loves it when we start. I love that. I think it's just so warm and comforting to think that way. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who are going through it right now, you can't, you can't receive it as comfort unless you really humble yourself and go, I really don't know how to get out of this. Like, like hit your bottom. Like allow yourself to say, I cannot rescue myself out of this. I need God's help or I need some help from friends and family and community. And that's a huge one. Like, as soon as you hit that bottom and as soon as you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you're already on the way out. It may yeah. not feel like it, but you're already on the way out. And it's just, it's just part of it. I mean, Shuri and I have had those talks. You and Lauren have had those talks. Mm-hmm. We've had those talks. Yes. And I think that that's what's important is that we, we overcome together. We overcome by God's grace, not by our own grit. 
to power through because it just doesn't work. If you power through in your own strength, you have to maintain it by your own strength. But when you let God do it, he'll just maintain it by his grace, which is huge. Now, it's it's probably the scariest feeling you'll ever feel of letting control go and asking God, who is your partner, to take care of the situation. It, it, it's, it's very out of control. But this is what we have the scripture for. This is what we have other people in our community for. This is what we have mentors for, people to talk to. And... And there's nothing new under the sun. Um, yeah, you know, we've all so gone true. through things. And I, I've gone through things, uh, you know, in my business and my marriage where I, I just, I just, I needed greater faith. Mm-hmm. And, and I had friends, Sean, you, you, you encouraged me, exhorted me to greater faith. And, and I think that's what we can do for each other when we have these type of issues. I think so too. And I think Brian Ellis, our next guest, I know we're going to ask him some of these kinds of questions as we go, as well as we're going to be talking to him about Adventure Challenge. If you love adventure like me, you're going to love our next guest. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Maddie Stonier, and I would love you to join me for a class in November on Become Emotionally and Spiritually Healthy. Week one, we are going to go over understanding unhealthy patterns. And when I define unhealthy patterns, it's really any time in our life we are emotionally and spiritually detached from God. That is our source of healthiness, is when we are attached to God. So we're going to understand why we are detached, why we have these unhealthy patterns, where they come from, and how to change them. It's so important we live an intentional life so that we can have the life of fullness and freedom that God intends for us. So please join me on this journey. It's going to be great. Oh, I'm so excited we're talking to our guest today because Brian Ellis, you were listed recently. Not that this matters to everybody, but it matters to me as one of Forbes' top 30 under 30 people, which is just a huge accomplishment in the midst of what you're going after. And we get to hear the story behind it because it's not always... You know, you hear those accomplishments. It's not always what people think in the process that got you there in the first place. So I'm excited about hearing your story. Bob, you're introducing me to Brian for the first time. Yeah. Brian, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm stoked to talk to you guys. So Brian, talk to us about the Adventure Challenge and your part in it and where it came from. And Yeah, so I actually... It's, I mean, it sounds kind of weird, but Holy Spirit gave me the idea for Adventure Challenge. And so I was actually, I wasn't even thinking about ideas. I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. I've always loved taking idea from concept to reality. But I wasn't like in my room on my knees praying for an idea from God. I was actually just spending time with Him. And it was just worshiping. And then all of a sudden, I had this picture pop in my head of a, a book that opened up filled with adventurous ideas. But each adventure was covered with a lottery ticket scratcher. Wow. And I just saw this in my head and I thought, oh, that's a cool idea. And then I just let it go and went back into my, my quiet time. Um, so fast forward, maybe six or so months, I had told a few people about the idea. And I was like, hey, this is, I'm giving you guys the really fast version of this too, because the whole story is probably a four hour story. Um, but yeah, six months later, I got fired from my job. And I was making decent money at this job. I was pursuing acting at the time. And so it was a great job to support my acting career. And I got fired from it. And I went to Best Buy because I was trying to start another company. I was like, well, I'll start a real estate photography company. Um, I'll start something to just bring some income in so I can you know, support myself as an actor. And I was in Best Buy and I passed this Polaroid camera. And the Polaroid camera was supposed to go with the book. It was like you take a picture of yourself after the adventure and you put it next to the adventure in the book. So it'd be like this, this keepsake of adventures and dates. And I passed this Polaroid camera in Best Buy 
And so clearly I heard Holy Spirit say, stop what you're doing, buy that camera and start your book. And I was like, Holy Spirit, this isn't a company. This is a, a cool idea. Like I need to make money. <laughs> like, you know, I got fired. <laughs> and, but it was such a strong conviction in me. I put all the camera equipment back, bought the Polaroid and started making prototypes for the adventure challenge. And then fast forward, you know, five years later, and um, we've sold million, millions of books all over the world, have over a hundred employees and have lots and lots of different products other than, de- than that just one book in the, the camera now, so. But I think it's so fascinating, right? Because people are trying to find those places of connection and the word adventure, I think, inspires all of us. Just like, well, I'm gonna go on an adventure with my wife, you know? And the fact that you have these books that are the scratchers and give us, give us the motivation or give us the tool. I think people are looking for those tools. If they're looking for tools to connect, they're looking for non-screen time things to happen. They're looking for maybe non-digital projects. Yeah. <laughs> so how how have people, like, what are the responses? I mean, it must keep you going to hear and see people's books come alive. So tell us about like the product, actually the launch till now, what's your favorite part about it? Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, when I was creating the product, I had a few entrepreneurs who were like, hey, this is a great idea, but it needs to be an app. And everyone said that, you know, it needs to be technology. It needs to be an app. And you need, and I was like, I don't know. I feel like this idea is, is good because people are so distracted and consumed with technology, they're missing authenticity. Yeah. They're missing the retro. They're missing that real connection. And, and so, you know, that was the whole reason we have a Polaroid camera partnered with the book. And, and uh, one entrepreneur, he was, this guy's a multimillionaire guy. And, and I actually cried when he told me this. He said, if you try to start this, you're going to be bankrupt in six months. Wow. He, said, he said, product companies don't succeed. He goes, you need to make an app. You know, it's a lot of money up front, but then it's very low maintenance. Uh, down the road and this needs to be an app. And I'm like, it doesn't work as an app. Um, so fast forward a few years and it's crazy to see the reason people like it is because it gets them to connect by disconnecting. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's a break from you know the modern world and your phone. And that's one of the rules in the book is turn your phone on airplane mode. And I mean, the heart of the whole company is to get people to reconnect. And so when we get testimonials from people who are like, this saved our marriage. Like we were going, you know, we were having a really rough patch. We were talking about divorce and then we got this book and it re-sparked the like butterflies in our stomach to go on date night again, which that's crazy to me. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's so cool to get to see, you know, fathers and sons reconnect and, you know, mothers and kids reconnect, you know, partners reconnect, friends connect. We even have a book to do by yourself. Uh, we just released a product called Bedtime Adventures for Kids. In a and, and that's, I'm probably the most excited about this product because I'm like, what better way to connect with your kids than right before bed? Like their dad comes home from work. He's been busy. He's been gone all day, whatever. Like, how do I authentically connect with my two to seven year old? And these adventures lead the kids through like a series of obstacles to get ready for bed. So not only are the kids excited to go to bed, but they're getting to connect with their parents in the process of doing it. And so to me, that that's, it makes it all worth it is getting to hear the testimonials of these parents getting to connect with their kids and loved ones getting to reconnect. Uh, Bob, I'm not going to let Sri listen to this episode because she's going to buy stock in the company and buy every <laughs> product as soon as she hears it. Just because this is my wife's primary passion. It's like, how do we connect and be present with each other? And she'll always ask me questions like, okay, here's the challenge. Here's the question. Here's a, mm-hmm. so basically she should be working for you. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, send her on the team, you know, we'll put her on the board. Exactly. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Brian, as as you started to scale the company and and since it is a physical product, you you had to find uh, manufacturers and distributors and 
I'm sure you looked across the world. How, how, how did this, at, from, from the concept of creation, your idea, now to a company in manufacturing? Mm-hmm. Especially through coronavirus and a recession. Like, I want to hear about this. Yeah. So you're talking about the creation of the product? Like... Yeah, and, as the, and the company, as, as you had the idea, you, you did the prototype, and now you're building a company. Yeah. Um, you know, how did you manage cash flow? How did, how did, how did the building of the company, because you're an idea guy. Totally, yeah. Yeah, so I actually partnered with one of my best friends. His name is Ben Day, and he's yeah. the current CEO of Adventure Challenge right now. And so I brought the prototype to him because I had pitched it to a few different investors and almost sold like... 50% of it to this group of angel investors wow. in Reading. I actually gave them a verbal commitment that I would sell. I was like, oh yeah, you know, we'll, we'll do this deal. And then later on, so you know, a mentor was like, if you could have your dream partners, would they be it? And I was like, yeah. no. And they were like, then why would you accept them? And I'm like, I need money. <laughs> like, I need capital to make this thing work. And, and, and so I ended up approaching my friend Ben and I was like, hey, do you want to buy in and become my business partner and we can make this thing happen? And he loved the concept. He loved the idea. And we had done acting conservatory school together. And so, you know, we both had a grid for each other's work ethic and that kind of stuff. And so we partnered up. And yeah, it was a nightmare, like an absolute nightmare to to get the product off the ground, to raise capital. We didn't take any outside capital and sell shares to like investors. What we did is we actually did, we did pre-sales which is honestly, I encourage any entrepreneur creating a product trying to raise capital to do it this way. I I discourage people from using Kickstarter and things like that because they take such a large cut of it. And with the internet and the way you can create ads, you can scale a product and get your own organic audience without having to use Kickstarters and pay the 5% of what they take. And so we literally sold a product we didn't have yet. We just sold the idea. And in the website, we said... 12 to 16 weeks for delivery. And it was in bold red letters, like 12 to 16 weeks for delivery. So we made, you know, 50 grand and then used that 50 grand to buy a bunch of books, got those books, and then use that money to buy the next books. And it created a customer support nightmare because maybe like half of the people who bought the book saw the red lettering and the other half was like, where's my book? It's been a month. And so we had to scale customer support pretty quickly. And that was kind of a nightmare. But we, what was crazy is whenever we were completely stocked up, um, we thought the orders would, you know, like go crazy even faster, but it stayed the same. And what we realized is creating almost like, hey, this will take a long time to get, you know, get it now while we still have it in stock, created an urgency for it. And it created a lot of, of mm. drive into our funnel. And so um, we were able to scale fairly quickly because of that. Um, but yeah, our first batch of a thousand books were god awful. The, the scratcher material wouldn't scratch. So we had to teach people on a video how to use a sponge to scrape it off. Oh, no. And the cameras, <laughs> pictures would be all blurry. So it was a logistical nightmare. But, um, but we, I mean, it was just, you just fail forward. You just, you, you know, I love Robert Kiyosaki. He says, don't worry, be crappy. And that's not giving you an excuse for lack of excellence. It's saying, do the best with what you can, with what you have yeah. right now. And then improve as you make progress. And if we would have waited for the perfect product, we would have missed out on millions of dollars. And yeah. we were able to, you know, make a good product, send it out, make a better one, send that out until it's the product it is today, which we are very, very, very proud of. And, um, and so, yeah, but it was a, it was a brutal uh, process of kind of learning that as we go and not having the answers. Me or my business, product, uh, business partner had never made a product before. 
And so it wasn't like we had all this, this acumen for like, oh, this is how you do this. And with this product specifically, it hadn't been made before. So we didn't have a template to go off of. Yeah. So it was just a lot of failing and learning from that and then reapplying it to the new product, sending it out, getting feedback and that whole feedback loop, apparently. Well, I remember seeing it on social media being advertised. Like I remember ads coming across because I thought it was interesting and never thought I'd be talking to you here today. And I just thought, this is a really cool concept. And I think a lot of people probably did the same thing. Like there's no one doing this. Like this isn't anywhere else. But let's go into, let's talk about your personal life. Let's talk about like you're going through this, you're in your 20s. You're you're building this this product base. I think it was there a move in this. Did you live somewhere else in you, or is it is I don't know about that part. I lived in Redding, California. I live in San Diego okay. now, but I lived in Redding, California, um, and so I had done the Bethel School of Ministry there back when I was a lot younger. I was like eighteen, did eighteen, nineteen, and twenty to the three years of school there. Then I moved to San Francisco for a couple of years, LA for a couple of years, moved back to Reading, and that's when I started the company. Was when I moved okay. back to Reading. So yeah, I spent the I spent five years in Reading building that, and then I just moved, just moved out here to San Diego like six months ago. And so I, talk about like your personal life. You're, I mean, you had people telling you not to build a company mm-hmm. this way, product based company. You have manufacturing mm-hmm. issues with people like you know how delays and customer service problems. And you're a human being. So talk about like the humanness of just walking through entrepreneurship. What was that like for you? What you what were you going through inside? Was it like, we're gonna make it, this is awesome? Or was it like I wanna quit today? What tell us your frame of mind? Honestly, it was it was kind of a I'm very grateful for it. I wouldn't trade the experience for anything, but it was rather traumatic. And I think a lot of that was because of the way I handled myself in the process. It was so stressful and there was so much. I felt so much pressure. You know, the reason I created the product was one to release something for people to connect and have, you know, authentic, you know, adventure with people. But also as an entrepreneur, you're trying to create sources of revenue to create freedom for yourself. Yeah. And so it wasn't in my head, it wasn't going to blow up into this big company where I then had all of these employees and responsibilities and was working 16 hour days and people getting mad and having to put out fires and overcoming these. It was, it just turned into this thing where it was like, I got more attention from this thing than I had ever gotten in my life to this point. Mm-hmm. So there was this pressure of, oh, I'm supposed to stay married to this. I'm supposed to stay with this thing and this thing's supposed to take over my life and it's just what needs to happen. And so I didn't handle the pressure very well. So, you know, there was a lot of like, you know, to go to sleep, I would drink alcohol at night, you know, and or take sleeping pills and I wouldn't take care of my body. I wasn't in the gym working out. I wasn't spending time with community. I my my relationship with the Lord suffered and and it was just this crazy whirlwind that I started to go down and then it just kept getting darker and darker. And what's interesting is I was probably $30,000, $40,000 in debt when I started the company to start the company because I used a lot of credit cards to like, yeah. you know, create the prototype and to, you know, buy Facebook ads and things like that. And then within, within a, there was like a month between being $30,000, $40,000 of debt to then making millions of dollars a month. And that was, and, and that was a complete, and I'm, I'm trying to be careful with how I word this, but it was almost like psychologically traumatizing because it was like, I, it wasn't like the slow growth of like, oh, now we pay off the debt. Now we have this. It was like, boom. And then there was all this expectation of you're supposed to know how to handle and manage all of that. And oh, you're supposed to know how to lead 40, 50 employees right now. And oh, you're supposed to, and it was like, I, I'm just trying to stay afloat. I'm trying to survive. And it, it, it started to feel really lonely. It started to feel 
you know, very, I started to have like panic attacks. I was, I was struggling with depression and, and it was just one of those things where it was like, at that time I was 20, 24, I think I'm 29 now. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't, a, there wasn't anybody in my life who was my age, who I was able to like talk to and be like, yeah, doesn't it suck when this happens? And they're like, you know, I'm trying to fill my get my car up with gas. Like, what are you talking about? And so it was just a really weird thing to go through. And, um, and I think there was some of it, I was just feeling sorry for myself. And as I look back now, I'm like, I'm very grateful for that experience. And I would have handled and managed myself differently. But I, I didn't have a lot of guidance on how to do it at the time. And I feel blessed because God brought some amazing people into my life a few years into the process who were able to help me pull myself out of the wow. darkness and the craziness yeah. and the dysfunction and um, really start to develop myself as a healthy leader and as a healthy individual. And so, uh, but yeah, it was, it was gnarly. And um, that's why I have such a passion now to help coach and mentor entrepreneurs in their mm-hmm. process. Because it's like, you know, I love what Tony Robbins says. He's like, you know, when you're external world exceeds your internal world, then that's when a lot of darkness happens. And, and I got to see that firsthand where it was like, yeah, my external world, everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. You should be happy and excited. It's like, no, my internal world is suffering. So I'm really not enjoy- enjoying my external world. And so it wasn't until I actually started to match the two that I really started to feel more alive and feel more excited about the success that I was able to, to create. So... I, I think this is a, a perfect example of the dichotomy between success and failure. Um, people feel people understand if they're going to fail at something how they're how they're going to feel, but success is just as hard because nobody's taught you about stewardship or management of finances or management of expectations, and mm-hmm. you you end up internalizing and putting it all on yourself. And that this is a part of success that isn't talked about a lot. And I, I so appreciate you being willing to talk like this because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who are experiencing something like this and don't know how to articulate it. Yeah. yeah it's interesting too, that the isolation factor of just when you're, when you're so busy because there is success. I mean, it steals your time. Mm-hmm. And so when you're so busy with a project or so successful on how, We've talked to, I know Bob has too, so many people who it's like one of the first steps out of that, out of the trap of the success is breaking isolation and just saying, even though someone may not be able to relate to my exact same circumstances, Mm -hmm. we're not Elijah alone, you know, being fed by ravens going, there's no one but me. It's actually, there's, I mean, God had to tell him there's hundreds of other prophets, like you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just when we get broken out of isolation, we start to find people who could be our greatest assets. I don't know for me too. I mean, like there's times in my life where, the the main successes I was having, I didn't even want some of those successes. I was like, if I could pick the genre I wanted, it yeah. wouldn't have been that. Yeah. And you know, I wouldn't die on that hill. And that's really hard for people to understand when that that is the hill they want to die on, or when that is the thing that they want to you know grow in or whatever. And so it's really it's it's a great conversation because I think people can very much relate to what you're experiencing. So now you're not the CEO, mm-hmm. but you're still obviously involved with a company in a major way. What are you dreaming about? What are you what are you walking forward into right now? I mean, I have a lot of dreams. Um, and But th- it's funny. This year is actually my year where I'm not being hyper ambitious. I actually, that's why I have moved to San Diego. So I'm still the owner and the chairman of the company. I still you know, meet with the C-level executives and the CEO and people to make sure everything's you know, going good. Um, 
but I'm taking, I've taken this whole year to just kind of go after more internal healing and health and growth and reconnecting with like church community again with people. And then honestly, it's kind of weird too, because I think I hired all of my friends in Redding, California. And so like all of my community kind of worked for my business. And so even stepping into San Diego was like, I need to get away from all of it and actually kind mm-hmm. of build community outside of this thing. But also I wanted to separate my identity from this thing that I had created because it's really easy to attach your value and worth to the thing that you're getting the most attention for. Yeah. And I was like, and I don't want to do that anymore. I want, I want people to like me for Bryant. And I, you know, I surf and I jump out of planes and I do fun stuff. I'm not, you know, just a business guy. And so this year, I'm focusing a lot on, you know, growing my podcast. I have a podcast that I really enjoy making and that's fun. Um, but most of it is is just like spending time with things I like doing, whether it's writing or podcasting or surfing or building community or working out, you know. Um, and so, but, you know, I have a lot of vision for the company still. There's a lot of products and ways we want to get people connected and, you know, see people inspired to go after their dreams and, and all that kind of stuff. No, your answer is better than what I would have even thought, because I think a lot of people, when they go through this kind of season of success, they don't take the mental health time. Yeah. They don't take the self time. They don't take the, you know, it's like love your neighbors yourself. You got to, there has to be a place of building your identity and your, your internal culture. And, and I, I think like Sean Mendez just took a break from his tour. Justin Bieber just took a break from his tour because they're young and they're like going, this success is killing me. Like, I need some time. Yeah. I need some space. And the older generation doesn't always understand that. They're like, no, you got to push even harder when you're successful. Mm-hmm. Push twice as much. Mm-hmm. And the reality is you push twice as much and you die. That's why Japanese guys are jumping out of windows. And so they're, you know, they have one downturn and their identity was so much in it that they kill themselves mm-hmm. because they, th- that was who they were. And all of a sudden it's gone. So I, I love here. I know Bob does too. We love hearing that you're taking this time because it's a model. It's what people need to do when they go through. They, you have to take care of you. You have to take with God. Totally. You have to allow God a process. And most people wouldn't press pause when they're in a season like you're in. And they wouldn't honor the humanity of their season. They would, they would honor the opportunity. Totally. I think the, most, the thing that I'm the most proud of Bryant about is that he is unapologetically taking work-life balance and throwing it out and saying, you know, I, I worked 16 hours a day for five years. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to take care of myself. And and you really are. And to the point where people, it it must feel uncomfortable for some people, but you know, every week, every month, you're feeling better and better and better and your creative juices are flowing. And it's just been amazing to watch you just go after this uh, with such, with such vigor to to get healthy in every single way. Yeah. Thank you. And I feel, I feel more inspiration coming up when I'm doing this. Like I actually feel the ambition, the drive, the excitement to get back into the arena coming back versus like, I'm going to die in here. It's like, no, I'm actually excited to go back in, but go back in with an internal culture that's a lot stronger than it was before. So good. Mm-hmm. That is good. It's the, it's the thing in the Bible, it says we go from glory to glory. But that word in between too, that means that there has to be a pause or a reset. Even God said on the seventh day, said, I'm going to take a minute. You know, I love that there's a pause and a reset in your life because I just think it'll do a wonders for you. But tell us how to get the product. Tell us how to get connected to your podcast. How do our listeners follow you? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So uh, theadventurechallenge.com. Um, we're on Instagram, The Adventure Challenge. We're on Facebook, all those. But yeah, the website, theadventurechallenge.com. Uh, my podcast is The Brian Ellis Podcast. Uh, Bryant like Kobe Bryant. Um, and um, I'm on Instagram. That's the most... I like his uh, reference there. 
Yeah. It's not just like he gives a, a lot of Bryant's, but Kobe Bryant, come on. Kobe Bryant, yeah. <laughs> the man. And he's his Instagram is fun to watch. He does a lot of stories and he, he puts his dog on there a lot too, Sean. Oh, he's what kind of dog is it? He's a he's a golden retriever. I don't know if you can see him. Oh, I love golden retrievers. There hey, he buddy. Is. <laughs> that's awesome yeah we're trying to make bob a dog guy but he said no he said ah oh, i would love to see like a great day at bob's house maybe oh christmas yeah. <laughs> well Brian, we're just so honored you came on with us thank you for telling your story thanks for exploring what god is doing in the marketplace with us we have amazing resources for you on our website with free videos Take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy, or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together, Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.